3: If you're against the January 6th commission, don't complain because somebody says have a nice weekend. Happy Memorial Day. Let's start the show.
2: We are now the
0: defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. You don't get to be the party that wants to block the truth and then get upset. Because on the Friday before Memorial Day, the vice president says happy long weekend or have a nice long have a nice long weekend enjoy the long week whatever she said doesn't matter yeah it is a long weekend Uh, is Kevin McCarthy gonna go out and be upset at the mattress shops that are having mattress sales or the car dealerships that are having Memorial Day weekend car sales give me a break I am not playing with their fake outrage outrage anymore and neither should you it's a lot of nonsense they don't love this country if they love this country they'd want to know about the truth about what happened on January 6th. They'd want to know why these people were led to the doorsteps of the Capitol and tried to kill the vice president of the United States and members of Congress. They'd want to know that if they truly love this country. So spare me the fake outrage. And I know that the right wing in this country is just dying for Kamala Harris to be the head of the Democratic Party so that they could play on sexism and racism and all the other fears that their aging, rapidly aging, decaying, and dying base are afraid of, losing out to people of color and women who they never had to compete with before, and now they do, and they are scared to death of it. But you know what? They're already retiring. They're already done. Most people in their you know, 40s, 50s, and 60s even in this country and younger, of course, they are fine with having a diverse uh, America that is uh, ever, you know, seeing more and more equality in this country. So I get it. They're trying to bring Kamala Harris in because they need a bogeyman, and they're having a really hard time having Joe Biden as the bogeyman because he's freaking Joe Biden. We've known him our whole lives. He's Uncle Joe People like him. And he's also an old white guy who reminds them of old white guys that they know. So it's hard to make old white guys afraid of an old white guy. So they want them to be afraid of Kamala Harris, a young, vibrant uh, woman of color who they, they think they'd have a better time running against. That's what they want. Yeah, you know what? I thought I'd have a better time running against Donald Trump than Jeb Bush. And boy, was I wrong. So be careful what you wish for, Republicans, because you just might get it and it's going to be worse than you think. But here's the thing. I take no meaning of anything you say around patriotism. You are not patriots in this country. You've got members of your caucus Openly talking anti-Semitically about what's going on with vaccines. You are encouraging businesses around the country to be anti-Semitic. You are hiding the truth of what happened in January on January 6th. And you are and you have many members within the Republican conference that are absolutely trying to rewrite that history. You also have a man in that conference, Matt Gates, who we've talked about many, many times on this show who last week decided that he was going to say we have a second second amendment and we should start thinking about using it. Man, America. Uh you want to talk about which which party's patriotic? I don't don't even get me started on Mike Flynn. You know there was a military coup in Myanmar uh, a couple of uh, a couple of years ago. He is saying why hasn't that happened here? Mike Flynn, he was the national security advisor under the former guy and he was pardoned by the former guy after a federal judge suggested he may have committed treason when he was rejecting his plea deal. This is the man running around the country, pardoned by the former guy, rallying people up. You want to talk about patriotism? No patriot, no patriot, nobody who believes in this country, nobody who believes in our constitution, believes in the system of government that we've created and we've forged over 240 years of American history, no one would ever suggest that a military coup would be a favorable outcome in the United States of America. Mike Flynn said that. And let me tell you something. If you're one of the people, and I know I have many people who listen to this podcast who are business people, people who have Uh, businesses, they might be invested in the stock market, you may own or operate a large corporation or be an executive in a large corporation. If you think for one second that these crazy people regaining power would be good for the business community in the long run, you are out of your mind. A military coup in the United States of America would not only destroy the American economy, it would destroy the world economy. And we would be in a horrible place on this planet for many, many years until we get it right. And God knows how long it will take us to get it right. It's scary to think that people like that used to have positions of importance in this country. Mike Flynn, who sat down and kissed the ring of Vladimir Putin, going around the country on this QAnon world tour, talking about military coups in the United States of America. Man, that is, to me, scary and dangerous and needs to be called out for what it is, not just by me, not just by people on the left, but reasonable conservatives in this country, right? There were six Republicans in the United States Senate that voted with Democrats in favor of the January 6th commission. You need to speak out against Mike Flynn. You need to leave the Republican Party if they're not going to distance themselves completely from him. Quite frankly, I don't know why you're still there at this point anyway. It's just at some point you're going to have to leave or you're complicit. You might be complicit already, frankly. Mitch McConnell has one goal, and that is to stop Joe Biden from bringing about the change that America elected him to do. That's his only goal. His only goal is to regain power. And he thinks if Joe Biden is having any accomplishments, he can't regain power. That's what they stand for. I'm fired up. Yes, it's Memorial Day when I'm taping this. And uh, and I did over the weekend get quite amused seeing a few Republicans, Kevin McCarthy to be specific, pretending to be outraged that Kamala Harris said Have a, enjoy the long weekend. I mean, give me a break. Oh, you, you love the troops? You love the sacrifice they made? You won't even sacrifice potentially not getting the Speaker's chair or, or maybe getting a smaller majority because gerrymandering is going to give it to you no matter what although I don't think Kevin McCarthy will ever be Speaker. Just for the record, save this tweet. Save this tweet. Save this recording. I don't think Kevin McCarthy will ever be Speaker. You won't sacrifice anything. You won't sacrifice a negative statement coming out of mar a for this country. You want to tell me that Kamala Harris saying have a nice weekend is outrageous and disrespectful to the truth troops who sacrificed? Your votes, after you knew exactly what happened on January 6th, Kevin McCarthy, Minority Leader McCarthy, who doesn't like to be called Minority Leader, just wants to be called Leader. Um, Minority Leader McCarthy, you knew what happened on January 6th. You called the president up. You had a very frank conversation with him in which he said maybe those people are more upset about the election than you are, Kevin. While the Capitol was being ransacked, people were defecating in the hallways of the United States Capitol. We're destroying offices. We're stealing documents and laptops. Woman was shot. A police officer was killed in action. Other people were hurt and killed. Many, many, many people, including many Capitol Police officers, were seriously injured. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's saying have a nice weekend that makes the troops upset. You're pathetic. You are a pathetic wretch of a man. And you will never be Speaker of the House. And let me explain something, America. We can never let these people have power again. Until the Republican Party comes to grip reality and ousts people like General Flynn and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And uh, who's this guy? Gosar. Representative Gosar, who never heard of before. Dr. Talking about the woman who got shot by Capitol Police as she tried to break through a barricade to get onto the House floor to kill members of Congress. He's quoting Bono? He's quoting Bono, a song that Bono put together in memory of Dr. Martin Luther King. They took your life, they cannot take your line, uh, your your pride, about this woman, Ashley Babbitt? I'm sorry, she was a terrorist. She was told to stop. And she was shot by a police officer who was doing his job. And you tell me you back the blue? Yeah, I'm a little fired up. I'm a little fired up because let's face it. I wasn't planning on being anywhere near a television set this weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. And the weather has been great here in New York. But not this weekend. Rained all weekend. As I tape this on Monday, it's crappy out now. So I had plenty of time to catch up on the nonsense and I caught up on the nonsense and it's got me real fired up. This guy putting out a statement about Ashley Babbitt. This is the Republican party now. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't agree with it, Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, take the R off your uniform and walk across the aisle. I'm not saying you got to become a Democrat. Walk across the aisle and start your own caucus. Call yourself the Red Bulls. <laughs> I don't know. Call yourself something else. I don't care. I get it. You've got conservative policies that I don't agree with, but I don't think you're a traitor to our country. And I don't think you want to be sitting in a caucus with people like Representative Gosar, like Kevin McCarthy, like like Matt Gates, like Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't think you want to be hanging out with those people who absolutely despise this country, despise that people who don't agree with them have the right to vote, despise that people who are poor have the right to vote, despise that people who are people of color, people who are traditionally uh, taken advantage of by this system have an opportunity to, to vote and to correct the disadvantages that they've been placed in over hundreds of years in this country. It is time for people who might have a different philosophy but do not want to Uh, keep people down, do not want to block people from voting who want to compete on the field of ideas that they leave the Republican Party as it stands right now in Congress, because that party does not represent the values of the United States of America in any way, shape or form. They are trying to pass laws across this country unsuccessfully, as we saw in Texas over the weekend. The Texas Democrats walked out of the Texas state legislature, uh, not allowing them to have the quorum they needed to pass this legislation. That would have made Texas a a horrible place for voting. Would have allowed judges to overturn elections for pretty much any reason at all. No fraud needed to be shown. Horrible. Horrible stuff. They stopped it for now. It's going to come back though. Yeah. You want to be part of that party, Adam? Liz? Mitt? Lisa? I don't think so. I think, you know, at some point you're going to have to leave. You might as well do it now. They've shown you who they are. Believe them. All right. So I've got a great guest, Grant Stern. Let me tell you something about Grant. Grant's an awesome writer. A lot of the stuff that I've written over the last couple of months that you might have seen on different places like Occupy Democrats and other places like that, Grant has done a tremendous job of editing my uh, my writing. I, I might have a good idea, but Grant makes it sing. Uh, he's a smart guy. He's a good guy. He's been a good friend of mine. He's been really helpful in, uh, in helping me boost my social media over the last couple of months. And I, I really enjoy Grant. Uh, and I, I think you're going to enjoy this interview with Grant. So uh, listen to this interview with Grant, and then I'll be back to wrap up the show shortly. Thanks again for listening. And please tell your friends about this podcast. And if you like it, give me a good rating, okay? All right, stick around.
2: A new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley. With premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more. All built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.
3: Joining me now is Grant Stern. He is a writer. He writes for a bunch of things. A podcaster a man about town, and an excellent tweeter. Grant, how you doing?
4: I am good tonight.
3: How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, my brother. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. So much going on. I have to start with this, even though this is not the top story. And we'll talk about you know, the January 6th commission. We'll talk about the Manhattan DA. We'll talk about what's going on with Florida. I know you're all over that with the stuff you've been writing. Uh, but I gotta start with this, another Florida man issue. Matt Gates, who is uh, under suspicion of being indicted shortly for uh, maybe even child sex trafficking, has been said to be exploring a run for president. And I of course say President of what? <laughs> uh, what do you I, I don't know if you heard that. Uh, and what do you make of it?
4: So I, I hadn't heard that yet, but he seems to be the most qualified candidate of any Republican considering how serious the criminal investigations are into him. Right. Um, (laughs) That's like the number one credential these days to be the Republican presidential nominee. Yeah. So why not? Right.
3: Yeah. They want guys who are like martyring themselves that are out there just being a martyr uh, you know, Oh, I'm under prosec, I'm under persecution. They're little whiny snowflakes. It just, it, it's hilarious to me that this guy would even can, be considering such a thing. But yeah, you're right. In today's modern Republican party, that's what makes you a candidate that everybody wants you dead.
4: And, and you know, what's funny about it is a friend of mine was saying, what if he doesn't get charged after all of this, then what's he going to be like, what kind of imprint is all of this? trauma by media going to make on Matt Gates? And the answer to me is it's going to be scary. (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he will be he'll be he will be a Republican nominee for president if he doesn't get uh, if he doesn't get charged in all this at the end of the day. And, and, you know, you got to be careful. Everybody's like, you know, this Manhattan D.A. grand jury investigation of the former guy. Everybody's running around talking about it and, and speculating about him going to prison. I don't believe he's going to prison, Grant. I mean, I've you and I have talked about this. I don't believe he'll ever go to prison. That doesn't mean that his company won't face serious penalties and people around him might go to prison, but he is never going to prison.
4: I disagree. I think that the Manhattan DA and the, the New York Attorney General have him clear in the sights, and I'll tell you why I disagree. Because if they didn't, why team up? Why would the New York attorney general open a criminal probe when they already have a death penalty probe into the Trump organization? They could shut the Trump organization down, liquidate its assets, take away almost everything that Donald Trump owns, because it's almost all owned by the umbrella Trump organization. Um, So why take the extra step to, to go to a criminal probe unless you really got something? Like, put yourself into Letitia James's shoes, right? She's not going to go out there just half-cocked, like, well, I've got this, you know, death penalty investigation, and I'm going to, you know, just charge him criminally, too. No, I mean, this is a situation where there are laws that are specifically written to stop people from abusing business shells, and they're called enterprise crimes, or on the federal level, RICO yep. racketeering influenced corrupt organizations act laws, and so I think that Donald Trump is just you know when you're talking about a business that conducts a regular pattern and practice of fraud, that's where the RICO laws come in. When you have people operating these companies um, and and operating these shells like literally a corporate shell game, right? And the reason that prosecutors typically like Rico on the federal level, I'm not an expert on New York State, Rico, but on the federal level is that it's a really high bar to prove that you've got a racketeering influenced, corrupt organization. But once you've met met that high bar, the individual defendants are very, very easy to convict because the standard to convict the individuals is very, very low. And that's why they created it. That's how they used it to clean up the mafia.
3: Yeah, you look, you know, you make a great case, Grant. I just think in this country we don't put our former presidents in jail. I just don't think we do it as much as they might deserve it. I think Nixon deserved it. I think others probably des- deserved it. We just haven't done it. Aaron Burr walked away from murdering the Treasury Secretary, right? I mean it it, it doesn't it do- just doesn't happen in this country.
4: But but that was a different situation entirely. I mean, Aaron Burr got indicted, but the problem was that neither state really had a complete case. Like, if you've read the the, the book about Hamilton. I did. I I read Ron Chernow's book, and, you know, all I can say is is that the case, even though everybody knew he did it, would have been legally difficult. Because what he did was legal in New Jersey, but illegal in New York.
3: It actually was illegal in New Jersey at the time too. It, oh, was, it was not illegal in New Jersey. It was illegal in New Jersey at the time. It was legal when his son something. got it, when his son died in a duel, it was legal in New Jersey. It was not legal uh, in New Jersey when Hamilton died in a duel. So I mean, and you know, look, there's also this whole there's a whole theory in law of mutual combat and Hamilton agreed to the duel and how is Burr supposed to know he's going to aim his to the sky so it's sure. it, it's you know so there he, he might have had it he would have had a defense to that i think but look i mean look
4: i, it I hope would have taken hamilton look it would have taken a lawyer of hamilton's skills to convict burr probably exactly and that was off the table
3: and that was off the table it took took out the one guy that could have convicted him so it's yep. it, it is it is uh you know and look nixon Uh, he was, he was, uh, he was pardoned by Ford. I don't think that Cuomo uh, or any governor of New York would pardon the former guy. But again, I I just look, I, I will believe it when I see it, when that guy is standing in a criminal courtroom under indictment, facing jail time, I will believe it when I see it. I just don't see it happening. I just, that's just me. Maybe I'm too pessimistic and I'm usually an optimist, Grant. You know that about me. I'm an optimist. But I just think that I don't know. I just hope, I, I hope, and I pray. So maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. We're gonna find out in a couple of months. Uh, we'll see if Alan Weiselberg Weiselberg Weisenberg flips on him.
4: Weiselberg
3: Weiselberg, and and you know there are multiple people that might have some information that might be doing some flips here.
4: That's right. Michael Cohen mentioned a few people that could have been involved. Um, obviously, Weiselberg was the guy keeping the books. And in all of these kind of cases, getting testimony from the bookkeeper is just really, really important. Um, You know, the the one thing that I think that's been proven by the the course of events that nobody's talking about is that it's extremely likely, in my opinion, especially based on what the New York Attorney General is doing. um, It's extremely likely that something in the tax returns gave the prosecutors what's called a documentary case. Yeah. Um, and and that's a big difference. You see, proving fraud requires proving intent, but a so-called documentary case, for example, uh, Paul Manafort, uh, he was charged with mortgage fraud and it was a documentary case. They found documents and emails showing that he had intentionally uh, altered his income and applied for a loan under, you know, with false occupancy uh, statements. And it was a documentary case because that agreement says you agree to tell the truth, or it's a crime, yep, like in the the application, yep,
3: so we don't know what they well we, we will see documentary cases are 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 good starts, but you need to prove the intent and the men's ray of the person doing it. The Senate is poised to filibuster the Republicans in the Senate are poised to filibuster the January sixth commission, and we are learning that. Mitch McConnell is personally whipping his members on this. Um I I mean, this is despicable. These are the same people who couldn't have enough Benghazi committees. Uh I, I don't understand I do understand exactly why they won't do it. Uh they love the former guy and they hate the truth. And I want to know what you think.
4: Well, I mean, why would criminals want to investigate their crimes? Hello. Exactly. <laughs> Right. You know, none of this none of this happens without the Republicans spending the last four years enabling Donald Trump. And none of it happens without the Republicans spending a decade enabling, uh, you know, a racist movement within their party. The Tea Party was never about what they said it was about, because if it was, then how do you explain the last four years? Uh, The Republicans completely repudiated the Tea Party, but all of those people were still there the last four years being Donald Trump's sycophants, covering up for him in every term. And let's face it, criminals do not want their stuff investigated. Donald Trump proved that over and over again. He obstructed justice numerous times from the Oval Office. And, hey, I mean, that's been a crime since the, the start of this country. When the, the founders declared independence, they complained that Mad King George III was obstructing justice. So, They know what they're doing. This is not some big secret. You know, the Beltway reporters who let them get away with this for so long, the Chuck Todd's of this world, they were the enablers. They didn't know it. They just thought they were being fair and objective. How could you know what's inside anybody's heart? Right. Well, I think we know what's inside these Republicans' hearts right now. Yeah, it's treason. And, I, I, is treason.
3: and and he has to be worried about at least two of his members. I would bet there's more than two that may have given tours to some of these people the day before reconnaissance tours. When the truth comes out, the truth is going to hurt. But I think ultimately what's going on here is this is a guy who doesn't want to be in the in the line of fire of the former guy as he's trying to take back the Senate majority in 2022. And all he cares about, he has sold his soul for a bigger office in the Capitol. And it is sickening.
4: Well, the the thing that that amazes me is that he doesn't have to face election for another five and a half years. So why bother? What difference does it make at this point? He's already accomplished all of the goals that anybody could imagine Mitch McConnell accomplishing. He had complete control of the Senate along with Republican control of the House and the, the White House for two whole years. And they didn't do much. Right. Not too much. A big tax cut and everything else the whole time was judges and appointees. Yeah. So what else is there for him to do? What what's the
3: impetus? Yeah, yeah, what's, what's the point the of this guy even being in the Senate? I don't understand. I don't understand a man whose job it is to obstruct things and pass right wing extremist judges. Is that it? Is that the only thing he he spent his entire career to get to this point to be the leader of his party in the Senate? And all he's ever done was obstruct and appoint judges.
4: That's it. Right, but it's like, where does he go from here even? I mean, what's left? Nothing. Can appoint some more judges? I r- mean, right. w- where's the satisfaction? Where Where's the impetus?
3: Where's the love of country? Where where's the love of country is what I want to know. I mean, these people, are well, he's a traitor. I'm sorry. He was a traitor before January 6th, and he's a traitor now. He was a traitor when during the worst economic crisis prior to the one that Donald Trump brought on us back in 2008, he decided to obstruct everything and make it harder for americans to get back to work and harder for us to dig out of the recession that he caused that his party caused okay and now he's a traitor because he will not seek the truth on uh on this uh january 6th commission and he plans to continue to obstruct the recovery that we need right now in this country he's a traitor to this country mitch mcconnell
4: sorry look I, i i agree with you on a lot of that but i disagree on one point He's not a traitor because he opposes the one the, six the commission, which is disgusting. And it is an act of, of cowardice, just dereliction of duty. And it's it's really treasonous to this country. But the, the real act that that Mitch McConnell, the, the one piece of conduct that's the most damning is, is that in 2016, when the Obama administration said we need a show of national unity our, our electoral system is under attack. And Paul Ryan said, I'm willing to do this. Paul Ryan, who had a very large Republican majority filled with Tea Party members, said, I'm willing to go out on a limb and make a joint statement to say that Russia is trying to influence this campaign. Right. And they're trying to help our candidate. And Mitch McConnell not only refused, but he stonewalled. Mm he stonewalled even getting the intelligence briefing.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Before watering down the statement to the point where it was incomprehensible. Yeah. And he did it all so he could get a big tax cut. Amazing. For the most wealthy people in America and corporations which happen to be very significantly foreign owned.
3: Moscow Mitch, man. He is Moscow Mitch. Don't you forget it, America, especially those of you listening to me in some red states like Idaho and Texas. He is Moscow Mitch, and he doesn't care about you. Not one bit. It's a shame. It's a a shame that this keeps going on. But look, I mean, uh, the vote supposedly tonight, uh, some of you might be listening to this uh, after Thursday, so you might hear of the vote uh, at some point. But the vote is supposed to be tonight. And I don't think that there's a chance that it is going to pass the Senate with 60 votes. It is going to be filibusters. The question is, what do they do then? Do, does Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin decide, OK, this is too important for us to let them block this because that's all they do? Do they get rid of the filibuster and move it forward anyway?
4: I, I think that they're going to start strongly considering breaking the filibuster after this. I mean, what possible excuse, what possible excuse can 40 senators have to say there shouldn't be the bipartisan commission that our Senate majority leader asked for Right, just a couple months ago, right. exactly how he asked for it. Right,
3: right. And they negotiated this. The Republicans negotiated this and got everything they wanted. And they still yeah, won't vote is, for it.
4: This is their... Look, this is their mo, and this is the final, final, final straw. Even the Chuck Todd's of the world are going to have to admit that Republicans are bad faith actors. There's no good faith. There's no patriotism. There's no policy. Right. It's all self-interest.
3: It is all and, self-interest all the time, Grant. And and, and that's is, and that's and
4: that that's, that's, that's don't the even know which self it is sometimes. Yep. Because there are so many foreign actors that they're in bed with that when we say the republicans are acting in their self-interest they're also acting yep. in the interest
3: they're actors of- they're acting in interest of people other than america grant you've got this hey. you've got this piece out on the kraken on your substack account what is that uh, substack.grantstern.com tell me what that
4: is right so uh, i just started a newsletter grantstern.substack.com uh, you've probably seen a lot of people like Judd lagoom is on there the guys at the bulwark are on there Um, it's just a newsletter subscription service, and I've decided that for my big investigative stories, I'm going to break them on there first, and then distribute them to the other outlets that I write for, like Occupy Democrats and Washington Press, and sometimes in a compressed format, so you get the whole story on Substack, and then, you know, the most important bits on Occupy Democrats, where I'm the executive editor, but this story is quite well it's Sorry,
3: it's kraken I mean. the kraken so tell me what's going on with the kraken
4: well uh, just just something to think about is a kraken a fish or a cephalopod we'll decide that at the end of the show I'm <laughs> fishing for kraken here um so i put in a public records request almost two months ago at the state of florida with the florida department of agriculture and consumer services don't ask me why we just stuck all that together it's florida florida man decided this right And they are the ones who regulate charitable solicitation uh, in the state, just like the New York Attorney General uh, regulates it up in New York, right? Yep. Here, it's just not under the Attorney General's purview. And after two months, they finally gave me my records, and it showed that starting in December, the, the Division of Consumer Services sent out a demand letter to to Sydney Powell, aka the Kraken. the Kraken releaser. Yes. She's the Kraken releaser. Is she the Kraken releaser
3: or is she herself the Kraken?
4: She is actually the Kraken releaser. Got it. But I mean, people call her the Kraken lady, all sorts of things. Well, right. The Kraken releaser, Sydney Powell, started raising money to a UPS store in suburban West Palm Beach, Florida. Nice. And
3: Always classy, the Trump people, right? There's always something classy about them.
4: Well, even more classy, she did it using her law firm, (laughs) which if you look at her law firm's website, it's just a sole proprietorship. So basically, she was stuffing the money into her personal bank account. Of
3: course, of course. The grift never stops, right? This whole thing, everything about Trump and the GOP is a grift.
4: So, I mean, the, the thing that makes what she's doing unusual is that she's actually... Opened up, I want to say six or maybe seven different shell companies since December 1st. Okay? Right. And if you don't hold your breath while I give you this non non-exha- exhaustive list, there could be more out there. Mm. But she opened up uh, Defending the Republic, Inc. of Texas, a for profit company, Kraken Wood, that's my favorite. Nice. It's Linwood, but Kraken Wood LLC, uh, which is also in Texas. Um, then she got hit with the the notice to to get her charitable solicitation license in Florida. Um, Then she opened up a super PAC and then closed it in January with Trump lawyer, Jesse Benall. Yeah. Then she went ahead and opened up a defending the Republic PAC Inc in Florida. It was malformed and the corporation was rejected, but she registered that with the FEC anyway. Okay. As a super PAC. And then on February 23rd, she registered Defending the Republic, Inc., a Florida nonprofit that says it's supposed to be a 501c4 social welfare organization. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. That kind of company? Yep. Well, that's, that's the same kind of company that the We Build the Wall scammers It's
3: always up. There's always something. They're all doing it together. It's like they get, they get all their legal forms at the same place.
4: Oh, well, I could just tell you these guys didn't get the legal forms at the same place because they made different mistakes. Oh, good. They definitely make, but, but they definitely, there's definitely a common, uh, grift going on here, <laughs> which is that somehow one person always seems to gain control of the money. Yeah. Um, but, but in this case, it's a little unusual because you have all these different shell companies, right? And the DTR Florida was the last one, and that included Mike Lindell. AKA My Pillow Guy.
3: Oh boy. You no, know,
4: the the author of from CEO from Crackhead to CEO, who thunk it? Who would have thunk? Uh, who would have thunk? And uh, another uh, there was a former White House uh, official named Emily Newman and Michael Flynn's brother Joseph. They oh. was the, They're the board of DTR Florida, right? Lovey. So she opened that company and then 3 days later, the state of Florida opened an administrative complaint against Sidney Powell's entities. I mean, it's just kind of hard to decide. Who it's
3: amazing. Even after. the state of Florida saw that she was not exactly up to the up and up here. I got like three it's minutes left with you here. So I want to get to the I want to yeah, I want to so, get to the to the to the meaty conclusion here.
4: So, well, here we are. The meaty conclusion is her lawyers contacted the state and they decided to subpoena the domain defending the republic.org and subpoena the, the domain registrar to find out who really owns it, because it looks like they really want to pursue it because she's mm. just refusing to get this solicitation license which would require disclosing her budget and the use of funds. Man, so that's what I wrote up and wouldn't you know it, here's the big twist. I'm going to break this exclusively for the aggressive progressive. There you go. Audience, okay? After I released the story last Friday, sometime about 8 hours later, they updated the website and they put a new charitable donations disclosure. And off I am investigating that. <laughs> and there's five or six other states that she says she's registered in. And so far, none of them have a copy of anything. Nothing. None of them know what to do with her. Called the Mississippi Secretary of State. They're like, we don't got nothing. Wow. So this story is just beginning.
3: Wow. 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 That's that's some interesting stuff you got going on there, Grant. I it's amazing to me that they keep trying the same stuff, and they I guess they thought they'd never get caught because they thought that you know the former guy would be president and it would all get swept under the rug. All right, I got about a minute left with you. What are you watching over the next week or two? What should we all be watching for?
4: Well, I, I think we're on filibuster watch. Does this thing survive? Yeah. Because, frankly, anybody that was inside the on on legitimately turn around and say, we don't need the highest level of investigation. Yeah. If after 9-11, you believed that we should have let bin Laden get away with it, and we should have just pretended like it didn't happen, then maybe I could understand if you said we don't need this 1-6 commission. Other than that,
3: yeah. what's your problem? And I'm pretty sure it was almost like, unanimous, the, the 9-11 commission. I think it was a unanimous vote of the Senate, and I think it was almost unanimous in the House, so... I don't know what these people are are thinking here. I think what they're thinking is maybe they want the filibuster to go away for some weird reason. Uh, they're giving Joe Manchin the perfect out for his commitment not to end the filibuster. If they're not gonna if they're not gonna compromise on this, they ain't gonna compromise on anything. So it's over as far as I'm concerned. Grant Stern, you are the best. He's at Grant Stern on Twitter. He's a great guy. Follow
0: him. I do. Thanks for joining me, man.
3: All right, so I hope you like Grant. Grant, uh, he's a great guy. He's been like an all-star in helping me figure out social media, particularly Twitter. He's been great at it. He, he really knows what he's doing. Um, you know, considering I've gone all these years, again, I've been on national television since 2010, and prior to this year, my Twitter following could best be described as mediocre. I had a peak like two years ago when I had that Giuliani thing, and I had that... Michael Knowles thing where I got like up to 20,000 followers and then, you know, it just kind of faded away, got down to 16,000, might even be down down below 16,000 and then in January, I've told this story on this show before, December, my agent said, hey, you know, you're missing out on this particular gig because people think that you've got no presence on social media, you better pick that up, so I paid a lot of attention to it ever since and I really wouldn't have gotten the success I've gotten without Grant and of course without you who have been following me and telling your friends to follow me. So keep doing that at Christopher Hahn on Twitter and grants at Grant Stern on Twitter. Uh, and you know, he's got a, a very sizable following cause he knows how to tweet and he's taught me how to tweet. So now my, 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 my tweets are getting attention and it's fantastic. I'm getting followers as a result and it's helping me. So hopefully it'll help uh, in terms of real, Uh, Gigs too, so we'll see how that goes. It is helping actually, so uh, I'll leave it at that. We'll figure. We'll talk more about that in the future. So just leave it there. So uh, again, I hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend. I hope that you know, for those of you who are in New York, I hope you found something to do inside. (laughs) I uh, I was outside a little bit in the rain, obviously running, keeping the run streak open, and going to soccer games with my daughter who's injured and couldn't play, but. Uh, We did go to the games, and they were not fun. (laughs) So uh, they were not fun in the rain. It it, it was a crazy weekend. Um, But, you know, we're past that weekend. Summer's starting. We're getting back open. I think it's going to be a great year. And even though we have all this political turmoil, which I talked about, you know, the first segment of the show, I just see, you know, when I talk to people, and I talk to a lot of people, I meet a lot of people who don't agree with me because of my position as a liberal on Fox News. And most of these people are good people. I don't think most of these people are going to QAnon rallies. I don't think most of these people would be like, hey, let's have a military coup. Of course not, right? There weren't there weren't 75 million people at the Capitol. There were a couple thousand people at the Capitol. But I am concerned, and I think we should all be concerned that politics is becoming more of an ever-presence part of our life. And, and while I do think it's died down some since the former guy left office, I still feel that it's still too present. Now, not for everybody, because I think most people are good, right? Most people in this country, they're good. They're not thinking about elections right now. Maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe it's because I'm fully engaged in politics all the time. That I see it. But then I get out into the world and I talk to regular people. And they're like, what are you talking about? Why are we talking about politics? They're not watching CNN and MSNBC and Fox all day. They're watching the Food Channel, which which I watch a lot, by the way. It's, you know, summer's here. Talk to people. Try to avoid politics. Remember that we're all Americans and we've got a lot in common. And just try to get past this moment, at least within your circles. And then let's see where it goes. I do think we're going to have to be vigilant. I think Republicans are trying to find ways to make it harder for people who are not likely to vote Republican to vote and make it easier for upset victories in red states to be overturned in those red states by either the legislature or the courts. And that's pathetic, frankly. You know, I don't even want to say it's evil. It is evil, but it's pathetic. It's just an acknowledgement that they've got no ideas to run on. They've got no issues that the American people agree with. They represent a shrinking constituency. And frankly, I don't even think they represent that constituency. I think if you poll people in this country who happen to be within the 1% of income earners in this country, they don't support this either. So I don't know who these Republicans think they represent. Uh, I guess it's just a a small shrinking group of white supremacists. I guess you'll have to put it that way. It boils down to racism. It's horrible. They're on the move. They're on the march. and We've got to watch out for it. But we also have to remember that, you know, there's more to life than politics. And that we should enjoy life. And that we should enjoy our friends and family. Even those friends and family who are on the other side of the aisle. So... I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.